0: Hi, I'm Diana Penunchal, Associate Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and you're listening to Call Number with American Libraries. Providing programs and services that are both enriching and entertaining for patrons is a big goal for many librarians. In this bonus episode sponsored by Canopy, we look at how one library is using the video streaming services platform to bring movies, television shows, and instructional programs to patrons at home while staying within their library's budget. I spoke with Hope Harms, e-resources librarian at Johnson County Library's Blue Valley Branch in Overland Park, Kansas, to learn more about her library's journey onboarding Canopy and how the platform has helped her community navigate the COVID-19 pandemic and support today's job seekers and learners. First, are there any examples of how Johnson County Library has appealed to patrons with streaming video that have resonated with users? And what are some of the methods and resources you use to promote Canopy?
1: You know, I think the things that we find resonate the most are the ones that are a little more timely for a given time of year. Sometimes that's a particular holiday that'll come up, or it could be a particular library program that we're doing, you know, something that dovetails very naturally. Those are the times when it's very successful. And we are intentional in our promotional efforts that way too. We like to promote on all of our normal channels that we have access to. So that includes our website, blog, and social media, Um, We also have an e-newsletter that folks can sign up for, and that's you know makes the rounds in our newsletter. We also do a seasonal print publication, so occasionally, if there's something that dovetails well with an aspect of Canopy, we'll also promote that in our print guide as well. I have to commend Canopy on is the rollout of their marketing toolkits that are also kind of topical. We don't use everyone that they produce, um, but that's actually something in coordination with our marketing team. They now know they can check in and see what's there, and so some of those are things like the Canopy home for the holidays, you know, it's a great time to promote something when maybe library programming in building is a little quieter, but we can promote our e-library offerings a little bit more. But we also saw a great response, for example, when Canopy rolled out a kit and a whole curated collection for the conflict in Ukraine about a year ago, that got a lot of great response too. So pairing our own internal efforts and where our community is, but also seeing the world at large and relying on some of the tools that Canopy has provided has been very helpful.
0: And how have you seen streaming used as a stair step to other library resources like books and events?
1: easy bread and butter opportunity or all of the different films that are more like the page to screen style things you know you see a lot of classic literature and sometimes that makes things like especially if you think about a Shakespeare or something that may seem a little more daunting whether it's something that's maybe a little lighter like a Shakespeare in love kind of thing that you know has come through and circled on canopy where it's like oh that might perk an interest that's not necessarily the literature itself but is built around that or something a little bit more specific where you're actually getting one of Shakespeare's works so those are pretty natural my personal story on that is I actually was not a Jane Austen reader until I saw Pride and Prejudice on film first uh, and that was what opened a gateway for me I always love to promote that like a lot of people will put their stake in the ground as to whether the film was better than the book and you know I find mixing it up sometimes watch the film first then watch the book you'll get you'll get the story from different angles and different viewpoints so that those are both great ways that we can leverage as librarians for a canopy collection a kind of fun one too that came up actually a few months ago our staff members have gotten into playing chess on their breaks and one of the canopy great courses is on how to play chess. And our staff members had found that, and that was actually something we built a little promotion around. We talked about it on our blog, how our staff used that to start learning chess moves and they were practicing on their breaks. And then that dovetailed into some of our own tabletop programming that we do for tabletop games and that sort of thing. So it's neat to see those things organically bubble up too through our own staff.
0: JCL started using Canopy in 2019, just before the pandemic. What were the benefits of having Canopy at the onset of the pandemic, and how have those benefits carried on throughout COVID-19's evolution?
1: So I have to
0: acknowledge that that was great
1: Timing. I wish I could have said we looked into the crystal ball. We knew we were going to have a higher demand, you know, just months, months down the road from onboarding canopy. So some of that was just good luck. And that was good luck that came after a lot of work in coordinating with Canopy because it took us a long time to onboard to find an agreement that was right for our library. No surprise, like once we went into lockdowns and we we did close our buildings for a period of weeks and schools were closed, all all of those aspects. Of course, we saw an increase in usage and it was so great. I have never felt so popular internally as a librarian, as an e-resources librarian, as I did whenever everything went digital. This was a great resource. We saw a huge bump, of course, as you'd expect. And so, spring 2020 was very strong. Uh, there was maybe a little more sticking power. People sought out digital resources more than they had before. And they've stuck around. So our usage actually, even though it did go down from that initial spike in 2020, it's remained really strong. We have also been able to leverage some things like Canopy's credit-free collection. So as a public library, you know, we're using the credit system. We have a set number of credits each month that patrons can use. And if they, they use those, there's this great credit-free collection that rotates out titles each month. And we actually have a permanent link to that category on our website so that our users are welcome to come back and use that too. So I think that helps a little bit more. We also found as Canopy came into the Overdrive family and our library offered Libby, that was also another point of discovery. And we, without a doubt, saw an increase in the number of click-throughs from Libby um, into Canopy and the usage has correlated being even stronger. So just providing that additional discovery pathway and access point
0: has proved to keep it
1: a very strong collection for us.
0: Has your approach to promoting digital content shifted since you first started offering Canopy to your patrons, and how do you balance promotion while keeping the library's own costs down?
1: Correlating with what I had said in the beginning, you know, I think we do try to find library initiatives and promotional priorities that we can tag on to with resources that Canopy offers and looking for those timely events, you know, holidays and the such. One thing that I think has maybe changed a little bit is everybody in in the library field is discussing when you're talking about video, our backbone collections historically have been DVDs or, you know, some physical media. That market is evolving a lot. You know, I am, I work with a team of collection development librarians and regularly hear from our DVD selector about the challenges that come, like, is it going to get DVD distribution? Sometimes things aren't coming in physical. So that's a component that we're looking at we're always going to be battling, I think, some of the, the exclusivity rights that come as well with a studio only working with one platform or another. And I have really appreciated Canopy's efforts in that space to push forward and try to build out content that fits with what the library is trying to offer uh, as well to our community. So that has played in a little bit, you know, as our natural human habits engage more with digital content. Again, I think pandemic-related events also brought more of us to the digital space. So we're just seeing a greater interest in accessing the library digitally. And even though our door counts at the library have not bounced back up to pre-pandemic levels, Our digital circulation has exceeded that at this point easily. And so this is a place where when it comes back to promotion and meeting our users where they are, this is the type of content that we're seeing there's an engaged demand for you mentioned cost, that will look different for every library. And acknowledging that up front, you know, we're a public library. That looks different if you're an academic library, for example, and how you're meeting your users' needs. And the best advice I can offer, I think, in managing cost sustain in regular conversation with your Canopy account manager. Um, and I've had the pleasure of working with a number of great folks at Canopy. You know, I had mentioned it took us a while. We weren't an early adopter of the service. And that's in part because cost was a huge concern for us on on something that is for a public library, typically based on a pay-per-use model. It took us a few years of a lot of conversation, iteration, trying to land on something that at least could give us some budget stability so that we could predict in finding a model that worked for us. Since we've onboarded, Canopy has also rolled out their plus pack, subscription pack, which is something that we had advocated very early on for, and in some concept, probably a proto plus pack, you know, talking like, 2015. Um, So it's neat to see that come out now. I think if we were just starting out, that would be something we'd be looking at a lot more closely because it's a stair step, you know. So for a library that's not offering any kind of streaming video service like that, it's a great opportunity to dip the toe a little bit. But there are more and more levers that are being added where we can modulate the collection that we're offering so that we're still offering prime content, for what our community needs, but keeping it a little bit more budget manageable. I wish I could tell you there's a perfect formula for that, but that's going to look different for every library. And that's why that conversation, I think, has been so valuable between me and my account manager, Debbie, and all of the other folks at Canopy.
0: And so what trends or patterns have you noticed in the way that patrons have used Canopy at your library? In looking through our stats, the Johnson County community
1: seems to be very consistent in in the movies that it likes, that they love watching movies. Drama always is a top subject for us. Documentaries also play very high. And I think that also speaks to the curated content that Canopy has provided, right? Like there's there's a strong focus on bringing in content that's going to be thought-provoking and engaging in that way. So that's not particularly surprising. Those have remained constants. Things that sort of cycle in and out a little bit and sort of like trade places in the rest of that top five are looking at comedy and world cinema, which is pretty cool because that's not a place that we may curate our physical collection as much. I was mentioning DVD collection. This is a great way for us to offer an avenue through Canopy's collection. And no surprise to anybody in libraries who monitors collection development, romance also always, always present one thing that I have noticed a little bit more circling through just in the latter part of this last year is we're seeing an increase in TV series. And this is also a place where I think the added content that we're seeing as Canopy continues to build out those relationships, that correlates pretty closely with whenever we added the BBC episodic content to Canopy. And that makes it a little bit more bingeable, those models that they offer in those price points. So it's been pretty nice to see that like by, by enabling that content and providing it to our community, is getting used and speaking to where there's demand. So we're seeing that creep into our top five a little bit more in terms of things like suppliers that we typically see a lot of use from. There are a few in the kids' world that are also very popular, Weston Woods, PBS, those are always top players. And that's something that we really like being able to offer. We we actually promote it all on its own, Canopy Kids. It's a great avenue for families to go crazy. And they don't feel like they're limiting their credits at all. Like it is, you know, the Canopy Kids model really just lets you binge as much as you want. If you're going to have screen time, you want to make sure it's quality screen time. And so we see those hit favorite lists quite often among our patrons.
0: How has providing Canopy at your library helped support learners? We started out
1: pretty early on when we offered Canopy is we actually did a separate call out on our website for the great courses. Canopy has a whole separate category. It's very easy to link to. And we don't link to that in our streaming video section. We link to it in our e-learning section and in our career development section of our website and it's something that is promoted among our our reference librarians as well who are working in those areas and that I think is sort of a hidden gem you know the great courses for some folks has name recognition it's something that we had had requests before people some folks are familiar with the, the physical media again that we have historically curated but a lot of people aren't and so this is a great new discovery pathway too for that content that again is bingeable in a different way than you might think of as you know your favorite BBC series but you can nerd out a little bit and some of it is much more maybe professionally based you may see some things for computer programming or money management and investing but there's also a lot of really good hobby content with art and cooking and music and um, again sort of the the lifelong learner aspect that libraries also love to promote that I think is really helpful as folks are shifting gears a little bit looking at the job market and where they want to reapply their skills. And so that's actually been one of the best ways that we've been able to leverage Canopy.
0: What makes Canopy a worthwhile investment for your library in the context of the demographics in your community?
1: So we're in the Kansas City metro area and we serve 600,000 residents of Johnson County Library. And, you know, there's something for everybody that I really value that Canopy is putting effort in. You know, as, as a collection development librarian, I'm curating, but I'm also recognizing that Canopy is during curation. So you're selecting, it's like double curated, right, for our patrons in order to deliver that and that catches a lot of different angles when you have all those different eyes on it and you're trying to build out a diverse collection speaking to those different voices to be heard and I continue to see that grow and I also continue to see that through the promotional marketing kits as well, helping us get the word out about those things that one person alone may not have the same viewpoint. So that's really helpful for us. And I think has proven its value. The fact that it's getting used proves that it's valuable to us. You know, whether you're just wanting something easy and relaxing, or you really want to nerd out on some content, there really is that aspect. In terms of being a good fit for our community that values convenience, um, we have a pretty tech savvy community that wants to find content that is in their smart TV apps and something that they can easily stream on their phone, you know, things that are on the go. And the Canopy interface and the apps are already where users are going for a lot of the other commercial mainstream content, too. So if you're looking for your Netflix or your Hulu, Apple TV, you know, those sorts of things, you can find the Canopy app there, too. It's just another one. Like, it feels very natural and integrated where our users already are. And they're constantly working on improvements and building that out more. So can't complain about that.
0: If you were CEO of Canopy for a day,
1: what would you add? I would add the opportunity when available for audio commentary tracks. And I know I have friends who eye roll when I talk about, I listen to the commentary on this film or this movie. I actually picked up that habit. My team, we did a little internal team competition a few years ago to see who could watch the most AFI, American Film Institute, top 100 films in a year. And I really enjoyed that. But I found I enjoyed it more when I started listening to the audio commentary, because there's some films where you're like, why did this make it on the top 100? Uh, <laughs> and then you listen to the commentary, and it's like, oh, it starts to unpack a little bit more. You get a different appreciation for it. And I think the other nerdy side on a feature that I would think about adding, I would make sure it could be opted in at the library level, so they could choose to enable it if they wanted, and then also at the user level, bringing back some form of watching history that collected enough data that at the end of the year, you could see your, your canopy year in review. So the way Spotify does Spotify wrap. Or, you know, Goodreads does your year in books. I would love to see my year of like what what films was I watching the most or you know genres that I was watching, were there particular actors or directors, you know, people that I was maybe drawn to that I didn't realize. And then that would be fun to make it shareable too, right? If we could brand it with some co-branding with the library and Canopy and another way to promote that service. Because I love seeing mine and I love seeing my friends' year-end reviews on all of the content that we're consuming. And I
0: think that'd be really fun. What is your favorite film available on Canopy?
1: Picking a favorite is just impossible for me. But I will spotlight one of my favorites, which is the film Memento. That's a little over 20 years old now, I think. Um, And I remember watching it many moons ago. And that was a rediscovery for me on Canopy when I came back to it. That's one that got some Oscar nominations and... It's very clever, I think, in the way it tells a story rather than going from start to finish in the timeline. You actually sort of go backwards and get snippets of it. So it's a clever way to tell a story while also making it more relatable to the main character's experience, since the main character experiences short-term memory loss. And you get a sort of dramatic reveal at the end by going backward. So
0: that's that's a
1: favorite for me on the canopy list right now.
0: We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of Call Number. For more information on Canopy's collection of movies and TV shows like Oscar-winning Moonlight or childhood favorites Sesame Street and Reading Rainbow, visit Canopy.com. That's K-A-N-O-P-Y dot com. Or drop into Canopy's virtual town hall event on April 25th, where they will share new summer initiatives, an exclusive flash offer only available to live attendees, and some of the new titles added to their catalog, including Adventure Never Ends, a tabletop saga, which covers the mental and emotional health benefits of role-playing games. The town hall is open to everyone. For your local times and how to register, use the link bit.ly forward canopy